Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would speak your word to us, that we would hear your word and it would bear fruit in our lives, all to your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. And kids, if you haven't already, I invite you to head to the back for your class. Head on back. Your teachers will meet you by the back door. Have you ever been to a summer camp or an event where there's a slideshow at the end? Or just been in a large group photo? What does everyone look for first? Me! Well, I look for me. You look for you. Everybody looks for themselves. Everyone does it. That's not bad. But we all look for ourselves in the picture. Well, today... We're going to find ourselves in the picture. We're going to find ourselves in the gospel reading from Luke 23. As we look at this scene described, as we look at the picture that Luke gives us, we're going to find ourselves in the story. If we see this picture that he paints properly, we will see ourselves in the scene as it unfolds. And I think we could find ourselves in a variety of places uh, in this event, but this morning we're going to focus in on just one, one specific spot that we should see ourselves in this event. So if you would, turn with me please to Luke 23, read today. If you'd like to follow along in the Red Bibles, it's page 883. Luke 23, page 883 in the Red Bibles. We'll pick up at verse 18. They all cried out together, Away with this man, Jesus, and release to us Barabbas, a man who had been thrown into prison for an insurrection started in the city and for murder. Pilate addressed them once more, desiring to release Jesus, but they kept shouting, Crucify! Crucify him! Verse 23, And their voices prevailed. So Pilate decided to, that their demand should be granted, and he released the man, Barabbas, who had been thrown into prison for murder, for whom they asked, but he delivered Jesus over to their will to be crucified. The ultimate miscarriage of justice. The author of life is condemned to die. If you watch this scene in The Passion of the Christ, which after this sermon I would recommend just go to YouTube, Barabbas, uh, the Barabbas scene in um, The Passion of the Christ film, you'll see it. I think they get that scene just right. You see the terror and the agony of watching the ultimate injustice take place between Pilate and the crowd. But more than this just being an event of 2,000 years ago, more than just being a scene in a movie, this event in Holy Week, we see ourselves when we see ourselves in Barabbas. We are Barabbas. Now as we ponder this murderer Barabbas, this morning, we will see that it is a terrible thing to identify and see ourselves in Barabbas. 
And it is a glorious reality too great for words. And we'll see two things about Barabbas, about ourselves here. We see that he is both guilty and he's trapped. He's guilty of rioting and murder. There's no question to his guilt. Jesus is innocent, but Barabbas is guilty. And he's also been caught. And he's locked away in prison. He's guilty, yes, and then he is also trapped in a prison that he cannot get himself out of. And in this dual reality of Barabbas, we see our situation as the Bible expresses it. Because you see, we are guilty sinners, and we are trapped under the power of sin. And so this first part of this dual, dual reality of Barabbas, we might call what I'm, in my terminology here, I'm calling lowercase sin. Lowercase sin doesn't mean it's minor, it's just my way of distinguishing, and that will make sense in a minute. But lowercase sins are things that we do that are wrong. Doesn't mean they're small, doesn't mean they're minor. In my terminology, murder would be a lowercase s sin. It just means the things that we do that are wrong, whether they are especially heinous or much less so. See, Barabbas is guilty of this. He's not a good guy. He is guilty of leading a riot and of murder. He's not misunderstood. He's a bad guy, guilty of bad things. He's done something very wrong. He's committed sins. And these, these sins mean that he is guilty. And so are we. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We have all committed sins. We are all disobedient to God. That's why in our confession each week we say, we confess that we have sinned against God in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have all done things that are wrong. We have all sinned. We are all guilty, like Barabbas, of sin. This is also why Jesus taught us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses, those things that we have done wrong, because we sin and we are guilty like Barabbas. But second, about Barabbas and his situation, we see what the Bible teaches us, what I'm calling uppercase S, sin. Uppercase S, sin, is the way the Bible speaks of sin as an enslaving power. We commit sins. Some of them are especially heinous, some of them are more minor, but they're all sin, they're all disobedience to God. We all commit sins, and we are under sin. A force that keeps us trapped and keeps us bound. A power that we cannot escape or overpower. An occupying force that keeps us trapped and unable to escape. Sins are the things that we do that are wrong, and in my terminology here, sin, capital S, is that enslaving power. 
Luke 22, verse 53, just one chapter prior to our reading today, Jesus says to those that come to arrest him, this is your hour and the power of darkness. Romans 6, 14 speaks of sin having dominion over you. Romans 6, 17 says that you were once slaves to sin. Or as our Eucharistic liturgy, which you will hear in a few minutes, puts it, when we had sinned against you and become subject to evil and death. Done wrong, certainly, but then are trapped, subject under evil and death. Or as Romans 7, 14 puts it, Paul writes, I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I don't understand my own actions, for, what I, do not, for I do not do what I want. But I do the very thing I hate. The Bible speaks of this other meaning of sin, what I'm calling uppercase S sin, as an enslaving power that in ourselves we are powerless to overcome. So again, seeing ourselves in Barabbas, Barabbas is guilty of committing sins and he is now trapped in chains in prison. He isn't still murdering people. He isn't committing that sin again and again. But nevertheless, he is now trapped in prison that he could not escape. This is our experience of being trapped under the power of sin, the enslaving force that keeps us in bondage. I know a couple who has done a funny skit together where... In the skit, one of them is a therapist, and the other is all the patients that come through to talk to the therapist. And the joke throughout the skit is that regardless of what the patient comes in to talk about, the therapist's response, the therapist's guidance is always, stop it. Just stop it. No matter what the issue is, the therapist's guidance is always, just stop it. But of course we can't just stop it. Because sin isn't just a power, a matter of our will. The Bible speaks of it as an enslaving power under which we are trapped. That's why you have the experience of knowing something is wrong but feeling powerless to stop it. That's why you keep responding in anger even though you try so hard not to. That's why you keep turning to the internet for comfort when you know it's wrong. That's why you keep holding on to unforgiveness in your heart towards that person that hurt you, even though it is eating you up inside. Because there is this enslaving power of sin that even though you are now in Christ, that power does not want to let you go. And we are constantly tempted to let that power enslave us again. We, like Barabbas, are guilty of sin. And we find ourselves trapped under the enslaving power with no way to free ourselves. But there's another part of Barabbas' story that we need to see ourselves in. See, in Barabbas, we see the gospel. 
in the ultimate miscarriage of justice, when Jesus is condemned and the guilty and trapped Barabbas is set free, we see Jesus literally taking the punishment that we deserve. The innocent is substituted for the guilty Barabbas. The guilty you and me. Jesus is our substitute who literally takes our place and dies in the place of a guilty man. The innocent for the guilty. The sinless for the sinful. The pure for the corrupt. We had done absolutely nothing to deserve it. Rather, we fully deserve the condemnation and the imprisonment. Guilty and trapped. That is, until Jesus took our place and set us free. In love, Jesus willingly substitutes himself for us. Jesus takes our punishment. We are set free, and Jesus is put in chains. We are given life, and Jesus is crucified. Friend, in yourself, you are no match for the power of sin. You are not strong enough. You cannot break those chains. You will never overcome it. But Jesus takes your place. Jesus pays your ransom. And in Jesus, your sins are forgiven, and he takes your place that you may be set free. Jesus overcomes the power that enslaves us. And he rises victorious over sin and death and anything else the enemy could throw at him. As our Eucharistic liturgy says, by his resurrection, he broke the bonds of death, trampling hell and Satan under his feet. And his blood covers our sins. He forgives us of our wrongs. And in his death and resurrection, he destroys our chains and destroys that horrid slave master, sin and death, those powers that keep us trapped. And in his death and resurrection, he defeats sin and death for us and we are set free. You see, friends, we are Barabbas. Guilty. Caught red-handed. Trapped put in prison that we could not possibly escape on our own. And Jesus is our substitute, who literally takes our place to die so that we might live. He sets us free through his death for us. He forgives us by his grace, and he defeats our slave master, sin, and brings us into his own glorious kingdom of love and life. And so we throw ourselves on him in faith. In faith, receiving his forgiveness for our sins. In faith, receiving his freedom from our enslavement. And in faith, receiving his eternal life instead of our death. So friends, I invite you to join in to this Holy Week. Don't just skip to next week to Easter. But take time to find yourself in the picture, in the events of this Holy Week. Come face to face 
with who you are in the story. And then come face to face with the risen and glorified Jesus who couldn't be held even by death itself. The risen Jesus who is alive and calls you his own. Friends, we are Barabbas. Thanks be to God. Amen.